The first use case you think about blockchain is payments, right? So that's the first thing you want to you want to do is show that you can secure a payment mechanism, just like Visa, Mastercard, but much more secure without middlemen, take away the fees, uh, offers economies of scale. So the more people use it, the cheaper it gets. The, the way we view the future of value in the long term, three to five to ten years, we view layer one blockchains will essentially become like the new republics. These will be the new mechanisms where all the value is going to proliferate to the future. There will be the layer one blockchain, there will be the mining market, there will be the dApps, and there will be tokens. So the lower you get in the stack, the uh, lower risk you have, but the lower rewards. The highest risk reward will be on the layer one blockchain, because that's where all the value will, 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 will flow up. But it's highest value, highest risk. We view layer one blockchains, which is Bitcoin, Cisco, Ethereum, as court systems. They need to be combative to the external forces that we don't control, even in the software world. In the real world, like inflation, hyperinflation, wars, these systems need to be secure from that. And this is why we view Bitcoin as the gold standard for security and decentralization. What else does the world need? You know, what else does the world cherish when you have something like Bitcoin? How can we extend that to something else where we can take advantage to build real-world utility? This is where Ethereum comes in. For me, Ethereum is a gold standard for flexibility or general computation. We're trying to stick to the gold standards. We know the world's going to cherish and, and develop on, and we put those two concepts together. And this is what Syscoin is. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. For those not familiar, I am. That Hotep Jesus do. Hotep. Hotep to the chat. Hope everyone is doing well. Shout out to my sponsor, Syscoin. Wonderful, wonderful piece of technology. The best of Bitcoin, the best of Ethereum. If you are a blockchain developer, go to hotepjesus.com. Hit the Syscoin button. Fill out the form to become a developer and develop some great technology on the Syscoin platform, and they will assist you. With that being said, I have someone here who has been highly regarded, highly requested on my channel. Count Dankula is in the house. <laughs> I don't like to waste time. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, so Scottish people, English people, the UK, um, the little bit that I know, it seems like some warring tribes. So this goes back. My, my little bit of ignorance starts from... Um, DuckTales, my favorite cartoon of all time. Right. And this was uh, Scrooge McDuck. And I forget who his nemesis was, but I know he was Scottish. Right? Um, are you familiar with that cartoon? No, I'm familiar, I'm familiar with DuckTales, but I didn't really watch it when okay. I was younger. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, I think um, Scrooge was probably English. And I think his... his um, antagonist was uh scottish but i, I like some well, content he would, he would be scottish if it's mcduck then it's yeah it's a scottish name the mick mick's scottish it means son of oh so they were both scottish yes oh right. see that i'm learning i'm learning <laughs> so you know if i were completely ignorant i would say okay this is uk um if we go back far enough Maybe these are like Germanic tribes or something like that. But but you guys all have a very similar accent, but different. It's 
it goes like way, way back because basically there are certain parts of uh, the UK that have sort of different ethnicities, kind of like white, but it's, uh, for example, Ireland, Wales, and Scotland are mostly Celtic, and the Celts came from Central Europe, around about the Austrian mountains. They used to mine salt in the mountains, and they went down to the Mediterranean to trade it and everything. And it was one of those, it ended up becoming one of those kingdoms that got so big and so wealthy that it just collapsed. And basically everyone just sort of in a full 360 dispersed all over Europe. But along that trade route, along the Mediterranean, uh, the Celts settled in like coastal places that they found. So uh, people that are in Brittany and France and also the north northwestern part of Portugal, they are considered Celts because that's where they settled. But they settled all over Ireland and all over the western parts of the UK. So that's why places like Cornwall, Wales, Scotland, they're all considered Celts. And uh, basically the Celts from the west of Scotland, there was another indigenous group to Scotland called the Picts, and they occupied the eastern part of Scotland. And essentially they all fucked each other and created the Gaels, as they okay. were called. That's why that's why Scotland's language is called Gaelic or Gallic. And so, uh, and what ended up happening is we all held out. We were all still there, you know. We were there for like a thousand fucking years. But then you had the Normans or the Britons, as they were called, who were the old ancient Britons, like they occupied what is England, and they were there for a very long time. But then there was the Battle of Hastings in 1066, I believe, where the Anglo-Saxons came over from Europe and conquered. Uh, the Normans, and that's when England became Anglo-Saxon, and they didn't get on with the Celts. They saw us as rough, scruffy, you know, like ne Neanderthal tribes that were always causing them problems and everything, and they wanted to rule over us and dominate us and so on and so on, and that went on for an extremely long time. Even the Romans tried to conquer us, and they they couldn't do it. They, they they just built a giant wall across Scotland and went, yeah, fuck that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, the story goes, is uh, it's called the Lost Legion, where basically the Romans arrived on the borders of Scotland. They sent in a single legion. And the main story is the legion just vanished. They didn't hear back from them. And that's when the Romans went, I fuck that. <laughs> built a wall, like, like a whole legion, not even a single messenger. But another story is apparently we sent back one guy alive, but he had a basket on his back that contained the tongues of everyone in the legion. Mm. And uh, that's one story. It's not really confirmed. It's one of those ones, you know, where the tail starts growing arms and legs like over yeah. the years and stuff. But yeah. Mm. So yeah, we were, we were seen as very hardy and mm. everything. But then we were always having problems with England, and England was a very warlike nation. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to conquer all the islands. They wanted to conquer Ireland. They wanted to conquer Scotland. And they tried very, very many times, but these places kept rebelling over and over. And when they, crushed the rebellions they crushed them hard like they did just full-on like war crime shit like massacring villages like kidnapping like kidnapping sons to force them to serve in the army and stuff like that now all of this you're going back this is about like six seven hundred years ago mm -hmm. as well but it continued for like a very long time and people still remember that stuff there's more stuff that got added on on top of that as the time went on but the last time scotland had like any actual rebellions this was about from the like the 1700s to the 1800s and those were the jacobite rebellions mm -hmm. and this is where you start to properly get into one of the main 
uh, sources of hatred between it, and this is the Catholic Protestant thing. So mm-hmm. basically what happened is there was a Scottish king, King James III, I believe it was, and uh, Scotland and Europe had fallen fully into Protestantism, where the royal families are seen as like you know the source of religion. They are the voice of God, kind of like the Pope, in a way. And it was because a lot of royal families were kind of sick of answering to the Vatican, and they wanted the power themselves, and so they decided to go over to Protestantism. But what happened was when mm. King James came in, King James was a Catholic. Mm. and wasn't down with the whole Protestantism thing. Mm -hmm. The problem was, because the previous kings were all Protestants, they had done shit tons of nepotism, where all the high-ranking positions, all the generals, the government officials were all Protestants because they were given favour. So as soon as he came in, they had the entire government fucking with him. They hated him. They wanted rid of him. So they ended up staging a rebellion, which brought over King William of Orange from the Netherlands, King Billy, as he's called, and he's 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 an extremely important figure to the Protestants. Even still to this day, all of their art and everything that they create all is all about King Billy. And because he's King William of Orange, uh, they use the color orange in all of their things. The sashes that they wear, like the the clubhouses where they meet, are called the Orange Lodge, and they're called Orangemen even though this was a long time ago. Mm. Basically, uh, King James was overthrown. He fl- he fled to France. And the Jacobites, uh, Jacobean, because Jacobus is the old Scottish word for James. James, they were the Jacobites, so basically they supported him. They wanted him back on the throne. And they were sort of making an alliance with France where we invade from the north, you invade from the south. uh, And we invaded from the north, and then France backed out. (laughs) So... So we get fucked. <laughs> we, get, we get absolutely decimated. And there was three Jacobite rebellions in total. There was mm. three of them in total. But uh, that's where we are today. So that's mm. where a lot of it came from. The, the problem is because of all the nepotism, all the soldiers and guards and government officials were all Protestants and the Catholics were treated like shit. Yeah. And the same thing happened in Northern Ireland. The Ulster Scots, who are Protestant Scots, who were loyal to the crown, who are in Scotland viewed by many people as traitors. Uh, they went into Northern Ireland, colonised Northern Ireland, declared that area as part of the United Kingdom. This area belongs to the Crown, belongs to the royal family. And the same thing happened there, where it was soldiers, government officials were all Protestants, and Catholics were treated as second-class citizens. They were, you know, there were abuse, there were some human rights violations and everything like that. And so they had a bunch of other rebellions, but those rebellions continued all the way up to the 1980s, which was known as the Troubles where the IRA were carrying out bombings in Northern Ireland and like all the, I, I can remember just sort of the tail end of the troubles when I was young, where you were getting shopping centers getting bombed and stuff like that. You know, it was it went on for a very long time. There was a lot of hatred still between Protestants and Catholics and everything. Like uh, Ireland had to segregate whole neighborhoods. You had a Catholic neighborhood and a Protestant neighborhood, and if they were too close to each other they built a giant wall between mm. them to stop them from throwing petrol bombs and grenades at each other, mm. like just over into the next like project, into the next like housing scheme. And uh, ended up there was the Good Friday Agreement where the Scottish, you know, the, the Crown, the British government just completely capitulated and went, all right, okay, we will. One of the terms of the Good Friday Agreement was every single IRA prisoner had to be released. And these were guys that had like, walked into a bar and shot dead three police officers. Mm. 
as well and they got released and everything and since then we haven't had trouble there's been no more troubles as it's called it's it's still there like the hatred between protestants and catholics is still there mm-hmm. but it's not as major as it used to be mm. like yeah it still it still happens we still have segregated schools really? we still have yeah there's a we have catholic schools and protestant schools okay if, if a school is named after a saint then it's a catholic school but if it's just got a name it's called it's a protestant school and right. that's that's still a thing interesting okay so a little bit of a tangent um my people black people uh have been inundated with a piece of propaganda that says that white people are colonists like they just want to go out and conquer everything in sight and uh i'm not sure if i believe that i i and correct me if i'm wrong here i believe this is probably just a machination of a noble class um, yeah. who has conscripted a population into colonization. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, because that actually happened to the Scots in America during the American Revolutionary War. We were, see how back then everyone would like line up and take turns, like shooting each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, uh, the Scots were actually put on the front line. We were, we were, off, see that South Park joke, Operation Human Shield? Yeah. Right, that was that was us during the American Revolution War. We get put in the front line, but ended up what happened was a lot of Scots decided, yeah, fuck this, and defected over to the Americans. And in exchange, they were given land in uh, North, I think it was North Carolina, which is where they ended up establishing their own little colonies and like living spaces. And <laughs> not not a pr- not the proudest part of Scottish history, but uh, the Dixie flag that's actually based on the Scottish flag because it was the Scottish colonists that created it, and it's also why a lot of the Ku Klux Klan's uh, ceremonies are based on old Celtic re- religious rituals. Standing uh, round the burning cross with your hands out and everything yeah. like that—that's all based on Celtic rituals. So it's all it's all Scottish influenced, you know. Not not a proudest <laughs> moment, you know. The, yeah. the, the, Scot- <laughs> the Scottish rights, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a well, that, well that Scottish Scottish rights is Masonic. That's not right. really that that's not linked to like the the old ways okay. as we call them, the the old like Celtic worship stuff. That's like a, a separate thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, all of that stuff was influenced by the Scottish guys that defected into America. Yeah, because from the little bit of studies I've done, it seems like the Celtic tribes were sort of minding their business. And then the Romans came in and started finagling and messing with them and probing well, and prodding. We were all fucking fighting each other. Like, right. it was all matters of honor because it was, and some of the stuff, like, there's this famous thing about us with like grudges. It's like, we we remember shit that you did 300 years ago when <laughs> you, your family stole a sheep from my family and everything like that. Like, what another thing as well is that, uh, even to this day, this was like 280 years ago, but there was the famous massacre of Glencoe, which was done by Protestants. And it was, it was a, a terrible, terrible event. Like, and uh, it, this was actually orchestrated as well by William of Orange, but afterwards he tried to deny it. But basically the MacDonald clan, uh, they mostly have, see how the Western side of Scotland is mostly little islands. The MacDonalds dominated those islands, but they had some, uh, territory on the mainland as well and basically all the tribes were told to bend the knee all the clans were told to bend the knee to the crown you have 
until this date to sign this treaty that says you will not take up arms against the Crown again. The McDonald's were kind of like, oh, we're not really sure if we want to sign and everything. We're going to see what everyone else does. And they were late in signing it. And the king went, well, they were late. So even though they've signed it and agreed, we need to make an example of what happens when you defy the crown. So mm. they sent soldiers to live with the McDonald's in the Glencoe Valley. And they were saying, oh, we're just stationed here. We are going further north to collect taxes from another tribe. So we're just living here. And the McDonald's took them, took the soldiers into their homes, fed them, like kept them warm and everything like that. They let them live in their homes and then... The order was given. The soldiers all got up in the middle of the night and went bed to bed and murdered uh, all of the McDonald's. And it was a uh, and they see how the the famous red wedding episode in Game of Thrones that's based on the Glencoe massacre. It was oh, called wow. Murder Under Trust, where you've been invited in as like a guest and stuff like that, and then you murder your hosts. It was called that was the term that was called in law murder under trust, and it was terrible because. Women were running, it was in the middle of winter as well in Scotland. So women were running out the house, like carrying babies, and they were running off into a snowstorm and they all froze to death and everything. And that was ordered by Protestants. But one of the main clans that carried it out was the Campbells, the Campbell clan in Scotland. And people to this day who have the last name Campbell get shit for it. Oh, that's man. how much we can hold grudges and ever like if you come up and introduce yourself as a Campbell, yeah. Sometimes people might like pull a face. Oh wow. Or whatever. Yeah. It's just even though it was 300 years ago, people still remember it. But it's <sighs> things like that. People look back over history because the divide in Scotland, and it goes all the way through politics as well, is the left wing tend to be predominantly Catholic, you know, against the monarchy, against the crown and everything. And also because they had a lot of poverty throughout the thing because they didn't get the nepotism that the Protestants got. They've had a lot of poverty. That's why the ideas of socialism and communism are a lot more appealing to them, whereas the right wing is very, very, very pro-crown to the point where they'll punch you if you say anything bad about the queen or right. the king. You know, And uh, they're all right wing, and they're all unionists where Scotland shouldn't be independent, you know, it should be it should remain part of the, the glorious British Empire and all that type of stuff. And uh, they are more capitalist as well. But mm. it's all down to religious lines where it's sort of, you know, you're Catholic, therefore you must think X, Y, Z, and you know, vice versa for the Protestants. And the problem is is it's that has stuck. That's stuck when it's a case of, oh, if you're Catholic, you're supposed to be left-wing. You're supposed to like socialism. And back in the day, like the IRA were, they were just, we want the British out. We want the Protestants out. We want the Northern Ireland to belong to Ireland again. But then it was like in the last like 50 years, they went full socialist. Like the IRA didn't have politics. They didn't have politics. It was just British out, Protestants out, that's it. But now... Like in some like splinter groups of the IRA, they have the hammer and sickle and their logos and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's sort of, I know I don't, and they're also like pro immigration as well, like pro open borders and stuff. And that's yeah. the part that I don't get, but it's like, we want Ireland to be, be Irish and belong to like Irish people, but we want to open the case. <laughs> that, that part, that part, I don't understand. Cause what if the immigrants turn out to be Protestant? Yeah. Like, you know, like just all the Protestants just come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so yeah. Uh, you guys probably don't have Campbell's soup on your market shelves. 
Oh no, we still have it, but so it's it's mostly like older older people will just not buy it out of spite. Oh okay, and shit like that. Like yeah. I don't really I don't really care. I don't I don't believe in that. Uh, I'll make jokes if someone's a Campbell. I'll go like oh, like and you make make jokes to them. But I'm not going to go. No, you can't hang out with us because right. of something your ancestors did like 300 years ago. Like I'm not going to do that shit. Like yeah. I'll make I'll, I'll make fun of them for it though. But right, yeah. little tease here and there. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. I, I study, uh, I'm in the midst of studying communism, uh, its birth. And right now I'm diving in deep into uh, Russian history and German history. How did socialism get to uh, the Scottish region and, and into your politics? Because from, it, it seems like in Russia, it was monarchy then you had the bolshevik revolution and then the crown's overthrown and they bring an interim government and then the rest yeah. is history right and then germany it's like yeah you got the crown you got the kaiser and then the revolution comes in in the ottoman empire you got the crown and then there's like the socialist revolution so it's like what yeah. happened in scotland in scotland it was for me it was a one of the main things that draws people towards socialism and communism is poverty when things get tough right. and everything and people see oh why are the rich people still doing well but we are suffering like we can't we can barely afford our rent we can barely afford food blah 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 but the problem is is the problem isn't because the rich people have so much is because i think that so much of the poverty that's around right now is engineered it's engineered like the government is actually doing it on purpose see with so much business see what so much red tape around businesses and stuff like that like scotland has the highest taxes in all of the UK. So when a company could come here and build a factory and create 600 jobs, why would they when they could do it in England and have and pay less tax? Like that that's that's the problem that we have in Scotland where Scotland oh we're trying to entice businesses to come here, but if you say well then lower the tax, they they have this like shock, like this, you know, like that Dave Chappelle where he's like holding his money. Like type of thing where they're like, no, and everyone is like, well, if you want, if you want jobs, because they complain about Scottish unemployment, if you want jobs, then fucking lower the taxes to make businesses come here and create the jobs. Because one of the things that they do as well, and this annoys me, where it's hard seeing it, seeing most people work in the service industry, like our version of Walmart is ASDA, and we've got like ASDA and Tesco and big supermarket chains, and we've got clothing stores like H&M and, you know, TK Maxx and blah, blah, blah. You'll be very hard pushed to find a full-time job. It's all part-time. So what they do is they will give someone like a part-time job, which they, you cannot afford, even at like a small one-bedroom like flat, you can't afford that on a part-time job. But what they'll then do is they will give uh, benefits, that's like welfare, on top of that to help them afford it but then they'll say oh look how low unemployment is unemployment's so low and it's like well no all you essentially did was split all the jobs in half (laughs) look at all these people with jobs and it's like no look at all these people with part-time jobs that are having to fucking take welfare because you won't give them full-time jobs it's just it's just fudging the numbers but the problem is because these people are on welfare and only earning part-time like the the idea of socialism and communism becomes more and more appealing as well. So Wait, that's what? that's how is it, why does it become appealing? It's because whenever people come under poverty, they think the government should be giving me more. I want more. Oh. I want more welfare. I want more benefits and everything. Life is hard. I need 
someone to come riding in my knight in shining armor to solve all of my problems and it's always like the government the government should be paying me more welfare the government should be giving me a house and everything uh, i should have all of my basic needs met and the problem is is that it comes from poverty like russia was poor as fuck germany was suffering some of the biggest hyperinflation the world has ever seen and everything and it's just the poverty is what co- becomes the breeding ground for that type of thing but the problem is the poverty is engineered it doesn't have to be that way and it's almost i don't know it feels like powers are sort of trying to cause it like it, it feels like you know if you want socialism then make everyone poor <laughs> and like you see see if everyone can afford their bills and they see that little chunk of tax coming off their fucking paycheck and you mentioned socialism and they're gonna go no fuck that give me my fucking money back <laughs> like i earned that if you give everybody that ability then the socialism and communism is unappealing they don't want it anymore but if you put red tape and regulations all throughout capitalism to the point where everyone starts to struggle well then that's when uh, socialism will start to like creep its little fucking claws into society because uh, it happened in scotland like mainly because of margaret thatcher yeah basically yeah, talk to me about her our biggest and this is the problem is i i do have a skewed opinion of margaret thatcher because it's scottish I was where I was raised, and it's just sort of everyone in England will go, Oh, but she did this and she did these great things and she did these wonderful things, yeah, for other places. <laughs> like, uh, but, but she she took a giant shit on Scotland because our biggest money makers that so many people worked in was shipbuilding, ship welding, and the mines like coal mines, iron mines, like stuff like that. And she just took them all away, moved all the production out of Scotland. Yeah. How how did she do that? It was uh, using foreign labor, having them built in foreign countries because it was cheaper to do. But basically, it was it was something insane as well. Where it was meant to be about anything between fifteen to like twenty twenty five percent of like Scotland was like made unemployed in the space of like a few months, and obviously no one had any money. And also the money from the ships, like the Clyde and Glasgow, was like it was meant to be. I've actually just recently done a video which is yet to come out where a fifth of all ships that were being built in the world were being built in the Clyde in Glasgow. Like, pretty much, basically, if you if you met a guy in Glasgow, he was most likely a shipbuilder. Right. That's what they all worked in. And basically, all of that got taken away. Everyone was made unemployed, and just, that was it. Wow. And everything, and there's even all this... They've even got us like a memory to it. See all the big cranes that they used for the shipbuilding. They kept them and on the side of Glasgow, these old derelict things that aren't used anymore. And like it's it's sort of it's got these like always remember like what they took from us, like messages and stuff like that on them. And uh, shut down the coal mines as well. The all the steel mills and all that got shut down. I can remember I grew up in Coat Bridge and we used to have a massive, enormous steel mill. And that was where everyone, pretty much everyone worked. Everyone worked in the big steel mill. That got shut down and it just felt, and it was huge. This thing was massive. Like it went on, it was like this, This it made up like a third of Coat Bridge at the time. It was this huge like complex. And I can remember as a child when I was about like eight or nine, like seeing it, but it was all crumbling and falling apart because it had been shut down. And uh, it eventually got bulldozed, I think about like 15, 17 years ago. And they get turned into a shopping center. <laughs> so yeah. 
So basically, that was that was the reason that everyone is the skewed thingy, Margaret Thatcher, because everyone's like, oh, but she stood up against, you know, she was good in the Falklands War, she was good during the Troubles and stuff like that, but then everyone in Scotland just remembers the unemployment and the poverty that was caused by her, and that's the and that started Scotland becoming so left wing where anything bad that happened was blamed on the right. Like Scottish Scottish children were raised with. Always say please and thank you. Don't talk to strangers and fuck the conservatives. <laughs> like that's that's the way they were raised. Like honestly, like in, in Scotland, like coming coming out and saying that you are a a conservative voter in Scotland is like coming out as gay in Alabama. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> how far back are we talking now? This is it was mainly the eighties, like see Margaret Thatcher's reign like, when she was in charge. Yeah, and it, that's still there to this day. Like. Conservatives and Tories are vilified in Scotland. There's still conservative and Tory voters. Like yeah. there are people that still vote for it, but no one, no one will admit it publicly. No <laughs> one will admit it that they vote Tory publicly because if you say that, like you, you might even get punched. You might even get punched for saying that. Like people will just immediately attack you. Your family won't talk to you anymore as well. Like some people feel that strongly about it. Basically, the the right wing is this evil horrible devil that is the source of all of scotland's problems it's been and basically and the, and the left wing like the snp and stuff like that as well have managed to worm it in a way where anything bad that happens even if it was clearly them that's their fault they'll find a way to blame it on the right wing but because everyone has been raised to hate the right wing so much they, they'll immediately believe it they'll just take it at face value oh, and i'm like yeah like the snp are trying to like because we've got a lot of islands, we have ferry services, right? And that's, that's a rabbit hole I'm not going to go down completely. But the ferries, we don't have any ferries, right? So people are on these islands that want to get to the mainland and they're just kind of like stuck there. You know, they'll get one ferry like once a week. If they order stuff from Amazon, by the way, they have their own system if they order something. Amazon Prime isn't a thing for people on the islands because right? it takes so long to get stuff to them. And like, even though it's the SNP, it's their fault. They've fucked it up at every turn. They'll go, oh, but this is the Tories' fault. This is the Conservatives. And the Conservatives are in Parliament. Like, how the fuck is this our fault? You're in charge of it. Like you're in charge of the money. You're in charge of the contracts. Yeah. We've got nothing to do with this. But the population are going, yeah, those fucking conservatives. And the conservatives are like, literally, we're not in charge of mm. the ferries. This isn't us. It's the SNP. But everyone just laps it up. They they oh, just lap man. it right up. Yeah. All right. So we got to clarify a few things real quick. Shout out to my super chatters. Appreciate you. If you want to comment, ask questions, we'll handle that at the end. Thank you to my super chatters, bro. That's what happened in America, where yeah. now, <laughs> if you're a conservative, depending on where you are, if you're wearing a MAGA hat, you might get punched in the face. Yeah. So same thing happened in, in Germany, where, you know, everybody was rising up against the conservative or the conservative elite, right? What is the... What is the mechanism or the, or the strategy? or how, Is this, like... Uh, massive media propaganda that they're using to convince people that conservatives are bad. Like, how are yeah. they? Like, how are they able to take something that Margaret Thatcher is uh, responsible for and then blame it on conservatives? 
It's because it's because like it's all because the last generation, see, because of what she did, the last generation all despised Margaret Thatcher. Like they cost cost her name and would spit on the ground whenever she was mentioned. And they basically raised their kids with the same opinions. And everything. So she like, was even, a conservative. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, some people would call her the conservative. <laughs> like and uh, yeah. Basically, uh... when it comes to like conservative leaders, like people would I don't know, like people think of her up there with like uh, Winston Churchill, because whenever even anyone outside of uh, anyone outside of like Britain, if you said to them, name some British prime ministers, like the first ones out of their mouth would be Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher. Right. Because, yeah, that's the ones that they know. But it's a generational thing. Basically, the next generation was raised to this is what she did, this is what the Conservatives did and therefore, because we we do pretty much have a binary, same as America. We've got, overall throughout Britain, we've got the Labour Party, who are our Democrats, and then we've got the Tories, who are the Conservatives, who are like our Republicans. But then you do have a bunch of like smaller parties and everything involved, but then when you get into Ireland, like Northern Ireland, they've got their own parties separated along religious lines, of course. Mm -hmm. They also refuse to work with each other uh, to the point where their government kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. I think there's actually a website that's literally called how long is Northern Ireland not had a government.com and there's a, a counter on it that shows how long that the government has been shut down because they refuse to work together. So even though they both get voted in, you know, it's not even a case of, it's not even a case of, oh, let's vote on bills or vote on legislation. Both of them have kind of went, I'm not talking to those motherfuckers at all. <laughs> so it's, like, it's no, just, like government, basically. Yeah, and it's uh, but the problem is like Britain is now doing like the heavy lifting of like, yeah, we'll run the government until you sort it out among yourselves, but they're not sorting out. They're not sorting out. It's yeah, it's complicated. But then in Scotland, you've got the SNP. So we've still got Labour, we've still got Tories, uh, but the main party here is the SNP, the Scottish National Party. Now, most national parties around the world are right wing, ours are left wing. They're left wing nationalists because to them, nationalism is simply just Scotland being its own independent country. Because whenever England passes a law or anything like it gets passed here as well. Now, after the last referendum, Scotland did get some devolved powers. So basically, England is a sort of, you know, an olive branch went, okay, well, instead of us being in charge of, you know, X, Y, Z, we'll give the power to you. This is now, so these things in Scotland, you now control things like the budget, immigration, blah, 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 stuff like that. But yeah. England, England still is holding the golden keys to most of the legislation. But Scotland wants it to be just completely Scottish, Scotland on its own, their laws, their way, our own independent country that answers to no one. You support that? I do support that because I think the more big countries we break up, the better. Yeah. Any, any, any governments that we can make smaller, the better. But mm -hmm. Scotland say that now this is the problem I have with the SNP, the major, well, one of many. Uh, they, as soon as they get independence, want to join the eu i, I know i know what? see see if you and i i love like fucking with people when i'm like oh you support scottish independence yeah and they're like oh yeah yeah we should be our own country and i'm like do you think we should join the eu and they're like yeah yeah i'm like then then you're not for independence like you understand that right that's 
is yeah but it's it's not the same as like england and i'm like it's actually pretty fucking similar <laughs> to england where we need to pay them money and they get to decide our laws and all that type of stuff where i'm like it's and also the funny thing is is in england we've got like 33 seats like the smp have 33 seats and in uh, the European Union, we would have six. So six, six votes. <laughs> I'm like, so kind of, we would have like less say and they'll go, oh, but they'll scale it up. They'll, they'll give us more seats. And I'm like, but, but will they? Will they though? I don't think they will. <laughs> but, What's their excuse for uh, wanting to be a part of the EU or, or why, you know, what are the excuses they're creating for why that's a good thing? It's access to the single market and access to immigration basically uh because we need people to come here because we're all not fucking and creating babies but the reason that we're not fucking and creating babies is because of the engineered poverty that's made it really difficult to raise a child right yeah, yeah. if you can't afford it you know like a child's a liability yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a write-off yeah so but uh they'll, they'll also say oh, access to the single market but uh, the one thing that blows my fucking mind as well is like they're very green with it, all green energy and wind farms and we've got wind farms fucking all over the place right they're, they're fucking everywhere and they just they look fucking horrible and they've wiped out so many fucking of our uh, native bird species as well but then they say yeah we want to be a hundred percent green energy green energy going forward scotland's biggest export is oil they're fucking idiots they're fucking so stupid like I don't, I don't understand like this. That's why I have so much problem with the SNP. They're so stupid. Where it's like, oh yeah, we we want independence and then to join the EU. We want green energy when we're going to totally fuck ourselves over because our biggest export is oil from the North Sea. Oh my like, god! I, they're, they're honestly, and it's it's weird because you see when you people are that like tunnel vision towards independence, you would be amazed with how much bullshit they're willing to ignore yeah. well I've, I've spoke with like SNP voters but i'm like yeah but you're aware of this you're aware of like the eu thing and the north sea oil and the the ferries and the hospital that's costing 230 fucking million that's still not built after like eight years or some shit yeah. i'm like you're aware of this they're aware of that and, and I'll, so many people have turned around and says look we know we know they're fucking terrible but We'll get independence first, and then we'll then we'll sort the shit out afterwards. Right. And I'm kind of like, but it's, <laughs> the problem is they're tyrants, though. I think I think it's going to be a case of like I think the SNP are the pit, are the pit bull. Where as soon as they get as soon as they get fucking independence, the the fucking leash is going to come off, yeah. and they're going to fucking run amok. Where they're like, oh shit, we don't have to answer to anyone anymore. You know, let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's my concern. I'm I'm worried about that. Where I don't know. I think I might live in America for a little while when independence happens, just in, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, I might go. Okay, it it's, it's actually seems all right. Maybe it's safe to come back. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you might get some Leninism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that was always a little bit of a worry. But yeah, I, I think what's going to happen is a lot of the people understand that the SNP are shit and have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And I think they do just want the independence. And I think once we get the independence, the SNP might go the same way as UKIP, where UKIP were all about Brexit and about leaving the European Union. They were a single issue party. Then as soon as we had it, as soon as you know, Brexit happened, UKIP just faded away into obscurity. That was it. They'd done their job. They rode off into the sunset. Brexit happened. Away they go. And I'm hoping 
that the same thing will happen to the SNP. They are a single-issue party of Scottish independence. And I'm hoping that when Scotland does get independence and the SNP can't blame the Tories or blame London or blame England for all of their problems, people might start to go, I'm starting to realise that none of them are at fault. You're just shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're just absolutely terrible. Yeah. And then they'll get voted out of power. That's yeah. what that's that's an, an ideal an ideal white pill scenario. However, I hope it goes that way. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Same thing that's here in a, America. <laughs> yeah, it's a big gamble to fucking make, especially when I might be getting my door knocked at four in the morning, <laughs> getting dragged <laughs> off into a van. <laughs> Come work in this labor camp. <laughs> yeah. I, so you know history don't rhyme it repeats or whatever the phrase is i always screw that up but um yeah. following the um there was some reforma refor uh, reformation in, in russia and yeah. um the, obviously the peasantry was now um given land right but then yeah. there was like a price restructuring of the land to where it was just unaffordable so then what happened was the landlords and the, the land then it was landlords and then people land leasing from the landlords. And what they were doing was they were practicing usury and then they were having these like exorbitant rates. So the peasantry right. went from not owning any land to being a slave to the land, like literally financially, generationally, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, this debt, yeah, your son's going to have to pay this debt, <laughs> right? Right. And where they lived on like, I think they don't use the term acreage. They use another term. I forget what it was, but where they were living on maybe like one acre. Now they're living on half an acre, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like a lot of this stuff is purposely manufactured to create poverty. And yes. we see the same thing here in the United States where the Democrats increase the socialist policies, welfare, et cetera, et cetera. And it just exacerbates the problem such as minimum wage, does the same thing, destroys yeah. the middle class, destroys the lower class. People can't get skills. There's no jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Do you believe this is purposely manufactured to create a, 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 a larger uh, lower class? Yes, I, I, do, I do definitely believe that. I think it's been do done on purpose and i don't know as the fact is like the great reset stuff that's all coming out as well i think it is going to be a case of make people so poor and so desperate you know like you know put rent prices all the way up put the cost of living all the way up with things like you know like fuel and fucking electricity bills and all that type of stuff and make people so so desperate that they will practically be begging for socialism and communism but when that eventually does get implemented, it won't be the socialism and communism they envision, you know, like all the other times it's been fucking tried. <laughs> like it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking terrible. And I like that. You will own nothing and you will be happy. You will get given things. And it's like, oh well, who controls this stuff? The government, except the government is so much more powerful now. And everyone's like, <clears throat> everyone's talking about all oh, the corporations control and own fucking this. Yeah, well, what you want is for the government to control and own everything all the land, all the power, all the production, like every single fucking thing. But all of our, our basic needs will be met. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> that, that is it. That is that all is. you're going to get. And the thing is, and also you need to act and behave a certain way because it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest where if you started criticising the government or criticising the state, oh, well, you don't get electricity this week. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's basically, it's, after that, it becomes... 
it becomes like having the right opinions and not saying certain things and believing in the almighty state becomes a matter of survival, like it has done in dictatorships all the way through the past. Now, the problem is, is you can lie to yourself and you, you know, you could have walked around in Russia in like the 1940s and stuff and went, Oh, I love Stalin. Oh yeah. I love Stalin and everything. But internally you were sort of like, no, nah, like you, I'm just saying what I need to, to survive. But after enough generations, like your your grandchildren will say they love Stalin and fucking mean it yeah. and mean it because that's all they've heard. It happened in like North Korea. Like North Koreans are fanatical, like fanatical in like their love of Kim Jong Un. Yeah. Like and it's just and that's the thing is it only takes like two or three generations, and and it takes even longer to get it out because like Russians, there are Russians like to this day who are old that still praise. <coughs> like the old leaders and like stuff like that and like reminisce about the good old days and it's sort of like is that because the good old days were actually good or because you were conditioned to believe that they were good uh, yeah and that's mm -hmm. the problem is like and that's one of the other things that you're no noticing the socialists and the communists doing as well is they know that all their arguments see to adults see to someone who's a bit learned you know they've been around the block a few times they actually know how the world works their arguments are not going to work on that. They're not, not going to work on that person. Most adults are going to turn around and go, oh, socialism, communism, that's a bunch of bullshit, fuck off. So yeah. they go for the kids instead. They go for the kids, the, the young, impressionable kids. They'll try and get them in kindergarten or in primary school, I think a preschool or whatever is what you call it over there, but then high school and then especially universities, especially universities mm -hmm. and colleges, you know, when... Because students are fucking poor. Students are also really fucking poor. And like they, they've just taken out like a fucking 200 grand loan that they need to right. pay back and everything. And that's the thing is it's one one of the other things I've noticed as well with the sheer price of like the loans is they'll go to the university, they'll be told government bad, corporations bad, and everything. They're stealing all the stuff, and that they're the reason why everything you're poor and everything. And then when they've got that loan for the rest of their life, that loan just reinforces that over every payment every month that they make to that loan just reinforces that in their head yeah and everything so basically once they've been radicalized in the university see once they leave it's very hard to de-radicalize them away from that right. because they've got that monthly payment reminder enforcing their ideology every month so what does what does freedom look like is there anything that you might say or do or possess that could uh get you incarcerated what do you mean like uh, um what if you say something online could they come arrest you oh yeah here in britain absolutely we've got uh several laws the most common one that's used all the time is uh section 127 of the 2003 communications act which is a uh, posting a grossly offensive or threatening message on social media on the internet now what constitutes is grossly offensive. Well, that's subjective. You, you, yeah, 100% subjective. I mean, like, for for example, it's like if I call someone like a cunt, like online right yeah. now, technically in Scotland, that's a crime. That's a crime. It's grossly offensive. I'm then going to have to go in front of some 60-odd-year-old judge and try and argue the case like good. Like, I'm going to have to argue to, like, an old boomer why the word cunt isn't grossly offensive. And I, I'm not going to win that fucking argument. Wow. Right? And uh, Scotland also recently introduced one as well called the Hate Crime Bill. 
And in the hate crime bill, the legislation, see, in its raw form when they were trying to pass it, it was horrendous. Like, they wanted to be able to give someone up to seven years in prison for not posting, not sharing, not creating, but simply for possessing an offensive or racist meme. A meme? So, like, a meme. So if the cops went into your phone and found, like, a racist meme, you could get up to a seven-year sentence. And they tried to pass that. And the guy that was in charge of that was a guy called Hamza Yusuf. He was the justice secretary, and he's such a... He's such an idiot. He's just such an idiot. And one of, one of the things that was... Uh, he was recently in the papers as well was his children got denied a place at, like, a nursery school. And he was trying to say, oh, it's because they're racist. They they knocked them back because my children are of Pakistani descent, blah, blah, blah. The two people that owned the nursery were Sri Lankan. <laughs> and everyone, because he he tried to do this whole damn white people and everything. Yeah. And, then, and then he realized that, oh, wait, they're not white. And so he got laughed at, like the whole country was laughing at him. But see, after he passed the hate crime bill, the blowback from it was that bad that he very quietly got moved to another position as health minister instead of justice secretary. And the, the, and the, the SNP were very quiet about doing that, but everyone knew it was like a soft firing where, holy shit, you, it, I don't even think he asked the party. He just came in and tabled the legislation. And you could even see people in the SNP going, what the fuck is this? And it passed. <laughs> it fucking still passed. So, yeah. So yeah, the, 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 did the meme legislation pass? Yeah, that passed. That passed. That passed. Yeah. So you can get I don't know of anyone that's been charged with it yet, but yeah. what but what governments used to do is seeming they what what they still do is whenever they pass a horrendous law, they, they don't then come in and go scorched earth on everyone. They they right. let the law sit there for like a couple of years, you know, right. two, three, maybe four years, and everyone's like, Oh well it's it's not that bad. No one's getting it. and then and then that's when they start. It's a slow gradual build up and that's when people will start getting tagged with this law it'll be one or two at first and now the same thing happened with section 127 that wasn't used like a lot when it first came out now it's getting used like every day i think it was a uh, one of the studies they found that in 2018 can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 over 3,000 people uh were investigated over section 127 and in, in the uk and what's 127 and, 127 is posting a grossly offensive like message on okay. social media right. and everything. And that was over 3,000 people. So this isn't charged. This is just investigated. But investigated means they come to your house and arrest you and take you down to the station, do an interview mm. with you. And then, because uh, the other one, one just the other day, there was a woman, I don't know if you know, Caroline Farrell. Mm -mm. No, well, basically she is a, she is a feminist. But people say, you know, TERF. She's the turf with okay. sort of like, right. yeah, like that's, that's the only way I could describe that type of feminist now, even though it's a bad term. Like, I don't yeah. know how it's basically, I, I, I'll call it a retro feminist. Like that's, that's a better term, <laughs> Ret retro feminist. I like that. But uh, basically she, it turned out, had an account on Kiwi Farms. And a lot of people on Kiwi Farms ended up getting hacked and their IP addresses and blah, 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 and everything all got leaked. And it turns out that a lot of the people that were involved in that are now passing this information over to British police because they know that people can get arrested under Section 127. Mm -hmm. And she is a mother of five. She's married to a pastor and stuff like that. She was 
cooking dinner at home with her like five kids and everything and the police came in actually like you can see the police officer pushing his way into her house and arrested her in front of her five kids for things she said on the internet and this is this is something that happens all the time there are people getting arrested all the time for it and the problem is is trans people and a lot of people from the left wing and the leftist groups and everything like know that's the case so whenever they now constantly call the police on people because the, the yeah basically they've managed to because of this law they've managed to weaponize the law against their political detractors because what, what they'll do is even if someone just says something that they're just not a fan of yeah you know like oh you're criticizing immigration blah 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 all they have to do is check your post history and eventually they'll find something this they'll is, find something and contact the police this sounds like what they're doing to donald trump so do they um the whole mar-a-lago investigation etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, do does the government have access to everyone's devices? Is there spyware already installed in your devices, or do they have to subpoena or what? It wouldn't surprise me if it already was. Okay, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it already was. But that's but not like, like a public thing. They, okay, nah, they can they can seize your devices. Like, see if it's Section One Two Seven because it was an internet offense. They come in and seize every electronic device. They take your phone, your computer, any laptops. Like the fucking uh, one of our children is like severely autistic okay. and they have they have like an ipad that they like to watch movies on they yeah. took the kids fucking ipad like yeah they took the kids ipad and everything as well basically every electronic device in the house gets seized and even if no charge comes from it you're not going to get those back for like a year wow yeah that's wow. it's horrendous all right let's change gears a little bit here let's talk about the, the uh the pandemic yeah um, what was the response on the ground from the population? Were they like, yes, give me the inoculation. Yes, wear the mask. We need to lock down. Yeah, we, we because, you know, mostly, mostly left wing, oh, government, please come save us. Like those types. Yeah, we, uh, Scotland bent over and parted its cheeks fucking wide when that shit fucking dropped, man. And everything and it's sort of like, like i was the, the problem and the problem was as well it was the same as like voting tory there were people that were against it they were just too scared to say anything out loud because they would get attacked by their family they would get this they would get that and as fortunately i didn't have to do any of that everyone already knew what i thought <laughs> and I, I was i was going on the train every day with like no mask and shit like that like see if i was going into the hospital or an old folks home I put a mask on. I'm like, right. right, okay. Like, there's some genuine risk here. I'll put a mask on. But there was people walking down the fucking street outside with a fucking mask on and everything. And I was just, like, walking by them and looking at them, but I was making sure to catch their eye. I was like, you know you're a fucking loser, right? Like, I fucking, <laughs> like, you're out fucking side and everything. And there was even some people in my village. I live in bumfuck nowhere. And there's like a huge road where it's surrounded by nothing but fields. And I was just sitting outside my house looking and this guy's walking down the road with a mask on. Like either <laughs> side of him is just two giant fields with cows in them. And I'm like, why do you have that on? Why are you wearing that literally in the middle of fucking nowhere? There isn't another person like near you for like 150 fucking meters. <laughs> Man, and he still had the fucking mask on. And I'm just sitting there with my morning coffee, watching him again, angry. I was just up. I was just awake. And I was so angry by this random loser 
walking through the countryside with a fucking mask on. It just it upset me. <laughs> Yo, I, you know, same thing happened to me here. Like, you know, the, the shit's over, right? And yeah, it's over. It's I, over, man. And it, it took everything in me to tell, to like tell people, like, stop wearing that shit. And one day this Indian cat came up to me. I, I walked in at the gas station and I'm like, Yo, you know, you don't got to wear that no more. And then he said, um, I think he had his excuse ready, right? Like he was just too yeah. prepared. He was like, well, I have uh, some sort of illness or something like that. And I was like, oh, all right. And I'm like, see, that's why I shouldn't have said nothing because these people are prepared yeah. with their alibis <laughs> and whatnot because they know was somebody's going to challenge them. What, wasn't there a whole thing where people were like, I know we don't have to wear the masks anymore, but I can want to keep wearing mine because I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. <laughs> you know, that man, that was that was going around for a while. People were actually concerned, like, I want to keep wearing my mask because I don't want anyone to think that I might be right wing, which there mm -hmm. is there's a huge symbolic meaning in that. Yeah. Right. There's a there's a message in there. But it's yeah. just it's it's fucking over now. Like it is. And I I we definitely made far too big a fucking deal out of it. Right, and we we wiped out fucking family businesses. We wiped out yes. trade and shit like that. Like they basically like the 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 cure was like so fucking much worse than like actual COVID. Yes. Yeah, yes. and it it was just fucking. It was just absolutely horrendous. Like we definitely went completely fucking overboard. Oh my god, it was a complete tragedy, man. So yeah. is are you the only one out there that's like, hey, yo, this some bullshit? Is or, or is there another? Is there a contingent? Do you I have some allies? People people get worried about getting cancelled because it's a case of you know if you've got the wrong political opinions online, you can get fired from your job. I get emails all the time, and usually, see when the email starts, I can already tell how the story's going to go. And there's the funniest one where I have had so many emails that all go like this: "Hello, hello, Dankula." I'm a student and we all had this group chat together and and I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen. You said something that you weren't supposed to say and you said it in the group chat with people who you haven't vetted. <laughs> you haven't vetted and you don't trust. And then they went and snitched on you to the university and now you might be getting kicked out. I have had so many fucking emails and I say to everyone, if you go to university, head down, don't talk politics get your degree if anyone comes up to you and goes oh do you like the snp are you a communist oh yeah Ooh, yeah yeah get your degree and get the fuck out just don't it's it's not worth it it's not fucking worth it and all that and i always say to people if you're a student no group chats if you're working on like a project together or whatever talk only about the project don't if anyone goes oh what did you guys think of the debate last night just go i didn't watch it and walk away do not fucking talk about politics especially in universities but that's such a conundrum right because because uh, you're supposed to be able to talk about things like that in universities they're supposed to be you... the bastion of discussing ideas but and if yeah. you don't aren't you enabling the oppression yeah but the problem is it's a catch 22 uh, you're, you're asking someone, I mean, this guy's took out a big fucking loan to like go to university and you're asking him to like fuck up his degree and the rest of his yeah, life no. and still have to pay the loan back. Yeah, you can't ask so him to do that. It's a big ask. It's a really big ask. So doesn't that doesn't that say how much power these people have? That it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's why I see. See whenever someone goes like to me, oh, I've seen your stand up and I've seen your videos. Your jokes always punch down, punch down. Fuck you, punch down. 
<laughs> my joke's up. fucking punch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. If See if there is a group of people where if I literally go on the internet and post one word and I immediately have the cops at my fucking door, but if they post a similar word about me and nothing happens to them, fuck you punching down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, but the problem is, is that there are a lot of like right wingers like in Scotland. Right, there are a lot of them, but it's again a lot of people just don't want a fucking argument. People just don't want to get shit. It was like I think it was. It's one of the same reasons why like Trump won in twenty sixteen is because people were like, oh, the records, you know, the charts and everything, and the surveys show that Hillary is going to win by a landslide. And most of that, I believe, was people coming up going, "Who are you voting for?" And everyone went, "Uh, Hillary." Just because they didn't want a fucking argument. Yeah. So I think that's what happens is when they, after when 2016 the results came out, the cathedral kind of went, fuck. Mm. <laughs> it's like, shit, 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 shit. We didn't, like, they lied to us. <laughs> and it's because they were that scared, like they just didn't want to say. Like, but I, that was funny as fuck, man. 2016 yeah. was a fucking great year. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. I was celebrating, man. <laughs> so what do we do because obviously there's a silent majority who can't speak up because you know they don't have the liberty of making an income on youtube or whatever yeah. it is right and writing books etc etc what what are we supposed to do are we supposed to start a, a right-wing nationalist party and 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 what, it's, <laughs> it's culture it all comes down to culture. It's a case of right now, the cool thing for the Zoomers and fucking millennials to do is go like, oh, these poor oppressed people and socialism and blah, 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 and everything. You know, it was like back in the day where, you know, you had all your fads like the goths and emos. And when you were one of those, you listened to this music, you listened to like you wore this was your dress sense and blah, blah, blah. And then you did all this shit to fit in and everything like to, with your whatever group. Basically, we need to do that, but around freedom. Basically, we need we need the younger generation to think that socialism and communism is cringe and uncool and lame. And see, to be honest, when all the current generation grow up, they're going to be the boomers and eventually people are going to think, yeah, that stuff is cringe and lame because that's what my mum and dad are into and they're lame right. and everything. But as we need a cultural shift. We need people, we need younger people to go, it's, cool to like freedom and want to like own and start a business and stuff like that it's cool to hate the fucking government for the right reasons and also for everyone to have an understanding that the government isn't there to help you in any way the government is only concerned about its own well-being like wars should have fucking like pointed that out to everyone oh they're willing to send you halfway across the world to fight some stupid fucking conflict and die for its own self-interest. Mm. I mean, that that alone, that alone should be a, like, a massive signal to everyone that the government doesn't give a fuck about you. You're just a means to an end. 90% of what the government does is for its own benefit. The other 10% is just to give the illusion that it's helping you like mm -hmm. that that little stupid 10%. Yeah. You know, like throw, throwing a dog a bone with the tiniest bit of meat on it. So but, that it doesn't fucking bite you. But if you if you get cancelled for having these opinions, how do you even begin to start that culture? Well, this is people are starting to form networks around it, is what I've noticed. Because one thing that happens with us is uh, whenever someone gets cancelled, everyone immediately rallies behind them. 
okay. rallies behind them and like prevents it because another joke that's happened like among the left right now as well is everyone's like oh he's been so cancelled that he's now on tucker carlson speaking to millions of people and it's like well do you want to know the reason why that happens now is because we built a network whenever you guys try to cancel someone we rally around them and defend them it's a good system mm. the problem is when someone on the left gets cancelled the left are usually joining in on it. Like it's usually them that's canceling them. Oh, we found a fucking MySpace post from 2007 where you said the N word when you were 13. And that man, yeah. and they're like jumping on them. Like the person's in their like fucking 30s now. And all that yeah. man, and they're getting canceled for that bullshit. And it's just like, yeah, they're they fuck up their own side like so much. Whereas like right wingers are like open to like discussion and like chats and everything like that and but it's and basically we don't have like as much hive mind shit that i've noticed where mm -hmm. there's a lot more diversity of opinion right like among the right whereas on the left they're, they're like the fucking borg from star trek <laughs> manuel you must all have the same exact opinions yes and if anyone and if anyone fucking steps out of line then you're going to get kicked out the cool kids club so people, even though they don't believe it, they will espouse that they believe it because they want to sit at the cool kids' table and not in the corner with all the little weirdos. Yeah. And all yeah. that. And like I, said, like I said, culture, that's the problem. Is the, the, the desire, especially among teenagers, to fit in. And so to fit in, what is the cool thing? Well, the cool thing right now is socialism, communism, and fucking cutting your tits off and frisbeeing them across <laughs> the fucking room. Like apparently that's that's the cool thing right now. I mean, I, I knew I knew that teenagers would go to some lengths to fucking fit in, but I never thought that literally chopping your dick off would be among them, you know. But it's fucking apparently apparently that's what the cool thing is now. So basically, we need to change that. We need to we need to have a culture that's based around freedom and people being able to do what they want, provided they don't actually you know, infringe on anyone else's like actual rights. Yeah. It, it, when you speak of networks, the first thing that came to my mind was technology. And I think that technology is going to be a huge part of. Um, it's been mankind's biggest benefit and biggest cost. Yes. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. It's a gift and a curse. But I think of things like uh, Altered Carbon. I love that series. Yeah. Um, I think of Demolition Man. There's a like a hundred parallels between demolition man and where we're here today. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that th we're going to have a bifurcation even in technology where, okay, you're seeing it now where everybody's running to rumble and then, you know, or all these other sites. Right. And then everybody's running to crypto. I think we're even going to have like crypto language. I think we're going to have crypto devices where you're going to have a version of the iPhone and I'm going to have a jailbroken version of the iPhone. Yeah. You, you see technology as being, um, vital in that it's good it's, what was it there was a term for it the parallel something i forget what it was called but basically there's going to end up being a parallel economy a parallel internet there's going to be like parallel probably parallel blockchains fucking probably yes. and all that as well like I th these are all things that are going to happen and the problem is is because the main one that the government controls right now is getting fucked with so much like by the government that people are now going off and doing their own thing. Basically, if, if we can either stay in the system where the poverty is being manufactured or we can just separate ourselves from it and create our own one, but then the problem is how do you protect the new one that you create from becoming the exact same thing? Correct. 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 Yes, that is the big problem. That is the big problem.
Oh, I hope I didn't lose the super chats. Okay, I have some of them here. Okay, cool. Uh so you're in crypto. You do you do you deal with that? I've I've got some holdings, but like I don't talk about it or anything because I'm sick of fucking bots and scam emails and all oh, that type of shit. Yeah. So I I just don't talk about it at all. Cause I've realized that I went through my whole Twitter and deleted any tweet that mentioned crypto. Yeah. And I, I stopped getting all the fucking stupid emails and shit. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's annoying. It's a mess. You mentioned crypto or Bitcoin and it's just like bots, just, you know, yeah. 20, 30 of them. That's really yeah, annoying. And then it's, it's very secular as well. Like it's our, everybody's like, Oh, my crypto gang is better than yours. And if you're not Bitcoin and you're nothing, you know, um, that whole situation. All right, let's dive into super chats here as we start to wind down. Uh, Inside Ages. I hope I didn't miss one. I didn't click on the tab, and it, YouTube's janky. Um, globalists are hell bent on erasing all our collective genetic histories. Uh, they want us to be simply black and white. We are all so much more. I don't even think they want us to be black and white. They just want us to be black or white. Like they're gonna pick one. Like here's what you are. You don't have a gender. You don't have a race. You're just an NPC, and you think, uh, like you said, like the Borg, right? Yeah, just re reducing it down to essentially a statistic. See how that fucking, that old meme where all oh, the barcode tattooed on the back of your head, like type of fucking thing. That used to be a fucking meme, but now it's kind of like, I actually think that's kind of what they want. They would just want to reduce you to a pile of walking statistics. Oh, yeah. And everything, not, not a person, not an individual. You know, you are... Blackmail one four five. <laughs> Report to your pod, please. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, before I continue, super chat. I just want to make sure all my people that are watching this, many of them are right wingers or centrists. If you're a centrist, you're basically a white ring, a white, a right winger. This just yeah. is what you what you are. Um, but I think the moral of the story here today is if we if we study history, we know where this country's going. You yep. said it, you know, in the 80s, uh, conservatives were vilified, right? In the 40s, yep. Germany, 50s, you know, well, conservatives kind of had power in, in the 30s, 40s and 50s, probably later on. Um, but they were demonized by the left, right? So yep. here now we're starting to see that manifest in America. And I want Americans to be very aware. That's why I like having conversations with Europeans, because you can see like, look, they're like, 20 30 years and 40 years into our future yeah <laughs> it's bad it's bad to you it's bad <laughs> so if you want to know where your country is going just take a look at europe and that's what you're about to get well the problem the problem is europe's starting to vote in right-wing governments now sweet like sweden sweden voted in they are they're a slightly right-wing government okay but the fact the fact that even a slightly right-wing government got in in sweden is amazing is, is amazing that that's like alabama or anywhere swinging democrat yeah right yeah that and then italy brought in uh i forget her name and uh, maloney i think her name's maloney okay and she by the way what watch, watch her speeches okay see what you were talking about where basically she says that she feels that people are being reduced to just consumers yes just consumers and everything her speeches are actually very very good mm -hmm. but even italy swung over and the problem is these countries that are voting in right-wing governments are the ones that have suffered the most under, you know, the unabated mass immigration and stuff like that as well. And I think we're going to see that throughout Europe, at least, I hope. Yeah. 
Um, here on this channel, we talk about something, uh, we call it grifting, right? And we've sort yeah. of morphed it into something new where it's more like the force in Star Wars, where there's a good side of the grift and there's a bad side of the grift. Like the good side of yeah. the grift is a story pops up in the news and, you know, the count is going to give people his thoughts. He's going to be rewarded for that, but he's doing the right thing, right? By grifting yeah. off of that story. So you know, guys like us are on the good side of the grift and you have the dark side of the grift where people are going to take that story and lie to people about it. Right. And, and do bad things to people about it. Yeah. So this grift economy, as it's termed in my book, my new book, I, ha I haven't released yet. I'm working on is, is American politics in your vicinity, um, a big cultural talking point and a grifting talking point. Like are people actively discussing American politics? Yeah. Like there was there was riots and protests over here in Britain over George Floyd. What? And uh, man, and, yeah, and that's why I was sort of like, people were like fucking like doing riots and everything, and they sort of like, well, hold on, what are you going to change here in Britain about American politics? <laughs> oh man, it's like why, why the fuck are you mad? <laughs> like you're not from there, you're not American. It happened over there. Why the fuck are you rioting? <laughs> And it was just, yeah. So when you say, is it an influence over here? Yeah, a little, you could say, yeah. I think a lot of those, especially like the rides, I think those are, um, what do you call, um, it's a certain term I'm looking for to just be safe for YouTube standards. Um, AstroTurfed. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a little hidden hand behind those things. Um, I think it became the cool thing as well. Like I said, culture, also, it, became, it became the cool thing for kids to do. So, yeah, you know, back in my day, you had to be good at something, right? You had to either you were a jock or you were smart, right? Or you just worked on cars and had a skill. Now it's like, oh, I'm an activist. That's a job. And it's your career. It's as as, as, as uh, every parent's first nightmare where they bring their girlfriend, their son brings their girlfriend home and they're like, oh, this is Becky. She's an activist. Not in this house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's actually bigotry, right? Because these activists are, are, are in line with communism and socialism and hate um, capitalism. But yet yeah. they're going to have T-shirts for sale. They're going to get paid for speaking engagements. Yeah, and it's exactly. like Trotsky all over again. No, one thing I've always said, people like Hassan Piker and all of that as well, like they are some of the best capitalists. They yes. found a money ma they found a money maker. They're making money from it. And like Hassan, Hassan, I just think is a meme. I'm almost starting to think that Hassan is some deep meta character like Sam Hyde. When he's sitting there like promoting socialism and everything, and then he's like, Look at the new fucking Porsche I just bought. And it's like, What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? It was funny as hell, man. Yeah, I was on Greg Gutfeld, shout out to Greg, and um, I said, The best capitalists are technically socialists and communists. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. I mean, when I think about capitalism, I think about modern capitalism, I think about the people at the top of the power structure. And it's like, um, what they do is they, they have won the game uh, ages ago yeah. by you know spreading their little banking elite. And then here we are um, later on, and they use government to make everything illegal, right? Yeah. And then that blocks everybody else from being able to cr climb up that ladder. Yeah. 
they use the government. That, that's the thing is like one one thing that people always say to me all the time where they go like, oh, under libertarianism without a state, governments and corporations would just control absolutely everything. And then I'm like, then why is every single corporation on earth not just dumping shit tons of money into all the libertarian parties and making them, they can make them the biggest parties over fucking night and yet they don't. And do you want to know why? Because they've done the research and they know that that's not what would happen. It would actually be a lot harder for them because the government is the rule book, the hymn sheet that everyone must sing from and corporations need that. They need the little, oh, but the corporations, no one's going to listen to us. We don't pass laws. The government does. And everyone is of the ethos of, oh, you have to do what the government says. So that's, and then, so what they can do is they can manipulate the government into passing the shit that they want. And one thing that, oh, but tax increases, tax increases, right? Corporations love a fucking tax increase. Do you want to know why? Because they can handle it. The smaller competitors can't fucking handle it. So a corporation, and that means they'll be able to take their custom, take their business, take their properties for a small for a small amount of what was originally paid. So basically, a, a corporation is very happy to sacrifice five percent of profits now if it means a fifteen percent return in the future. Yes. and they need government to do that. Why <sighs> don't people get this shit? <laughs> I know <laughs> it's difficult. I think I think it's because most people are are wrapped in a bubble, right? And what happens is, okay, let's say we have two bubbles. The bubble that they live in is inundated with this propaganda ethos, right? Yeah. And then the other bubble has a stench, right? Where it's just like, don't even go near that bubble because that bubble is full of Nazis, racists, and just the most wretched um, pieces of society. Yeah. I think that's that's really... So you don't even go to that bubble to see, okay, what it is, what's, what is the, the gnosis, the ideologies and study? Because I remember back in the day where I heard about, you know, this white nationalist uprising and Nazis, and I was like... Uh, I want to talk to him. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, you know? Yeah. And then everybody was like, oh my God, why would you want to do that? I'm like, because I want to hear both sides of the story. I don't think people just come up with shit just to be hateful. I think there might be some credence to something. I don't agree with everything, but I want to yeah. know, you know? And then you pull up the picture of the NOI sitting in the in the in the uh, auditorium with the Nazis, and people go "ree," and I'm just like, uh, "Do you know the thing I found weird is I, I talk to a lot of people in the far right like mm. all the time, and it's purely because <laughs> this sounds really bad. They're so much more approachable than the far <laughs> left. They are. They're so much more willing to talk to you. Like whenever I have a disagreement with any of them, we'll." have a little back and forth. Sometimes it might get a little bit heated, but then afterwards we'll go and play some Overwatch together, right? Right. Whenever, whenever I disagree with anything, there are so many like guys in the far left who I used to be on good terms with. I had one disagreement and, and they just don't talk to me anymore. Yeah. And yeah. all that, it's just, yeah. So who's really radical? Weird. Yeah, I know. Oh, um, what can we, you do? <laughs> we have this um, uh, ancestor marcus garvey from the island jamaica who was extradited thrown in jail by the left black left back in the day in america and um you know people would say all types of things about me but i study my history and one thing i know about marcus garvey is at one point he called up the kkk and had a meeting with him and made negotiations right yeah black man 
this is like 1913, like the 1910s. He's like, yo, uh, yeah, let's get a meeting. Let's talk, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> let's have a chat. Let's, let's have a chat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's unheard of. So when people saw me like reaching out to Nazis, I'm like, you know, this is not unprecedented, right? Like, like yeah. this has happened before, right? So like people just like have no bearing of history. Um, Brendan, thank you for the $10 super chat. We're about to wind down here. Let um, Count's got a lot of work to do. Um, where's the next one? J.A. said, critical thinking and history is very necessary. This is fantastic. Thank you both. Salute to the chat. Appreciate you. Hey, you guys got to do your job and you guys got to share this out. This is a valuable, valuable discussion we had here today. I can't wait to play this one back and uh, take notes. Steph Colonel, he said they got to have meme speakeasies out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh. hilarious. Um, <laughs> Daniel Sweeney, thank you. That's going to be a thing. Go, go watch. If you want to know where we're at, go watch Demolition Man. I watched it the other day. Um, <laughs> I might watch it again and take notes and write a blog about it, about just the parallels between Demolition Man and where we're at today. Um, Naf Plio, he said, uh, late to this dream, has Dank talked about the EU might set off the conflict in Northern Ireland again by enforcing a hard border with the UK? Oh, that's a long, complicated thing. Well, remember I said the Good Friday Agreement, part of it was to uh, allow all the Irish prisoners like out of prison. Yeah. Uh, another one was there was to be no hard border between Northern Ireland and Ireland, so there was free movement. Yeah. But now that Britain has left the EU, the EU wanted to implement a hard border which would violate the Good Friday Agreement, which means that the IRA might come back. <sighs> well, we're hoping we're hoping that the IRA might turn around and just go, it's, it's chill, we know it's not your fault. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, they, they're not known for being the most reasonable people. You know, the people, turns out the people that like, like to plant car bombs weren't the most reasonable, you know? So, <laughs> so you know, hopefully, we'll just need to wait and see. All right, I'm going to take my notes on that, do my research. Sketch Therapy said, you're my favorite Twitter Supreme Court justice, Dank. <laughs> Found it odd uh, that they also took that mother of five's DNA. Are they making a genetic registry? Yeah, mm. probably. They took, mm. they took my DNA when they arrested me. Did they? As well, yeah. They, do, they swab your cheeks and everything. And they're, they're like... Oh, it's standard procedure to see if you've committed any other crimes in the past and everything. But a part of me is kind of like, for a grossly offensive offense, you're taking people's DNA for posting words on the internet. Mm. Mm, nah, probably something else. Yeah. Um, last super chat. I'm gonna have one more comment for you. Uh, Steph Colonel said, "Across the pond, lives matter." Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, there's this tweet today, um, uh, surfaced, and uh, I want to read it verbatim. Hopefully I have it here. Did I retweet it? Uh, no, I think I saved it in my uh, bookmarks. I can't like stuff because people start seeing what I like, and I'm like, oh, my God, you like that? Um, all right, so I can't find it. So basically what happened was Raging Leftist comes out and goes, Oh my God, I can't believe I was fooled by the propaganda last year with the pandemic. I'm so sorry, right? And, but people pulled up his previous tweets and he's like, if you guys didn't take the inoculation and you deserve to die, right? Right. So my question for you is, do you have any forgiveness 
for these type of people? Do you, when they apologize, do you go, okay, good. You know, I accept your apology. Glad you came around. Or are you like me where I go, no, fuck you. You fucked our lives up and I'm not giving, forgiving you because this shit could have been way more drastic and we could have been in a fucking gulag because yeah. of your dumbass decisions. Where are you at with that? Social exile, I feel, does not work in the long run and it makes people go back to their own group, right? Now, I, I understand, yes, these people have done awful fucking things and they supported some fucking awful shit, but the problem is if we don't take them, they're, they're just going to go right back mm. and everything and then they'll remember the rejection that we gave them mm. right and that means you know next and next time it fucking comes around they might be a lot more vicious because we remember what they did and then it's just going to begin a cycle mm. right so yes still be angry at them still be pissed at them you know fucking make them go out into the street and fucking whip themselves with a cat and nine tails shouting shame 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 like over and over again but yeah. i'm not saying open arms right okay but we should and you know if someone wants to change their ways and they go okay i believed in this horrific horrible ideology i did some things i'm not proud of i've realized it's bad i want to reform i want to rehabilitate now even though it leaves a sour taste in our mouth i think we should help with that i mm. think we should because you know it bolsters our numbers you know and, and also it shows that if people want to change then okay. we will take them because if people see people that we're social creatures, we need some sort of social group and everything to belong to. Now, if that person shuns their own group and then comes to us and we shun them as well, they're now out in exile, living in the fucking desert, no friends, no hope, no ideology, no nothing. Mm. Other people are going to see that and go, Oh fuck, I don't want to do that. I'll just stay where I am. Mm. So yeah, mm. I don't think we should be doing that. You, that was a very sagacious take. Let me let me hit the Don DeMarco on that. You know, because it's not often somebody can change my mind. Uh, they have to. It has to be very well thought out opinion. And um, I'm swayed. I'm, I, I agree. Now I agree 100 percent. You're right. That that totally makes sense. We should, you know, make them shame themselves. But we got to we got to bolster our numbers. That that, that that that. Wow. Wow. OK. Yeah, I agree. All right. The thing is, I don't I was in the middle on it, right? Like, I don't this is how I feel inside, right? Motherfucker, right? But I don't do I, it. I, I, I do too. I do too. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, I still, I'm still mad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like when you it's like when you forgive a friend and all that because he did some fucking like he fucked a girl that you liked yeah. or something where it's like, you know, you're still my friend, but I'll fucking remember what you did. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like yeah. that type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't do it publicly, right? Like not yeah, until yeah. I'm I've like I, I need my counsel. I need to counsel other people. Like I just asked you on what the best method is, but I don't publicly go out and go, no, you motherfucker, you should have did this because I'm not sure where I'm at, right? Yeah. So now I understand. I think that's a that's a very smart take, is that's how we should operate. And I want our viewers to do that too, because it is a mistake that we uh publicly shame these people um on the right when they do come out and um the thing the thing that had me on the fence was i think it is courageous to come out and say yo we made a mistake yeah that, that should be celebrated that that like one one thing i, I don't whenever i'm arguing with someone on twitter and they turn around and go okay i'm wrong and i don't see just that i, I heap 
praise on them. I yeah. heap praise on them going like that. Holy shit, you publicly admitted you were wrong after an argument with someone called Count Dankula. You admitted you were wrong. And I'm like, I, I dump praise on them. And the, pro- and the thing is, my audience do the same. Everyone underneath comments going, fair play, well done, respect. And then after that, everything's nice and rosy and fine. Yeah. But, so Cause so I, many... I think it should be encouraged. Because I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the people who won't come out and say we were wrong and they're still quiet. I'm like, yo, you ain't going to say you was wrong. You're not going to come out and apologize. Like, bruh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it says a lot about their character to come out and, and apologize. So I, I do think there is something to be wrong here. Uh, Paul uh, Merviel, um, the rehabilitation argument is precisely why I think it's so important for Dank and Graham Lynham, uh, Lynham, uh, Lynham. I don't know how to say that. Uh, Lynham. Let, let, let Lynham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to officially bury the hatchet on the stream, or I don't even know what that's about. Um, uh, he's, he was someone that back in the day was massively against me. He was saying that I was a Nazi, I was a white supremacist. When I was doing a crowdfund to raise legal fees for my court, uh, he tried to get it shut down and all this stuff. But then he said a bunch of things about trans people. And then he had the police at his door. And this guy, he's one of the biggest comedy writers in British history, by the way. See, Father Ted, the IT crowd, Black Books, that's him. He created those shows. Mm. And he has been shunned completely, like, by the comedy world, everything. Nobody wants to touch him. He's been ultra-cancelled because of the things he said about trans people. And after all that happened, he's approached people like me that, that, that he fucking hated in the past and went... You were right. I was wrong. I am sorry. And everything. And I've, we've done the thing where I've said, yep, I'll welcome you back. We open arms. And I, th- I think me and him are going to have a sit down at some point and have a talk Okay. and all that. So, and now he's not fully on our side, but right. he agrees with you as far as the freedom of speech goes. He, yeah. he agrees with us now. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But it, um, but it took him getting his life obliterated to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's illustrative of the left like you know once the left cancels the left you are done that's it you ain't got nowhere to go um yeah, yeah. um ladies and gentlemen count Dankula. another 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 classic conversation ladies and gentlemen make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the share button count Dankula's links in the description box below go subscribe to his youtube channel obviously this man is a reservoir of information and knowledge and wisdom as well i'm your host that hotep jesus dude and i'll see you next time